Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 165 of the Necessary Roughness podcast, presented by Last Word on Sports. I'm your host, Nicholas Donatic, and yes, we are finally back. We are ready to kick off the season for the 2023-2024 NFL season. The preseason is well underway, though, as we long know, not as long as the other ones, right? We are pushing into our seventh season on the network. Thank you so much for joining me. If it's your first episode, if it's somehow your 165th episode, please reach out. I will send you balloons and a bouquet personally. Either way, we are jumping in with our conference breakdowns as we like to do our preseason episodes nowadays. We're going to go American Football Conference. That's right, the AFC, the conference of the defending champion today. Then next weekend, we're going to go into the NFC, which we'll go through some of our predictions from last year and this year. The AFC, you know, preseason pick, I was on five of these playoff teams, right? I had Bengals, Ravens, Chargers, Chiefs, Bills. I was on the Raiders. That didn't happen. I was on the Colts. We don't got to talk about that. Uh, NFC was a little bit harder last year. Obviously, the Jaguars came out of nowhere last year. We'll get into who could be that team to sneak up on the NFL this season, if there's going to be one in the AFC or the NFC, maybe both. Um, but first and foremost, thanks for rejoining, sticking around through the offseason. I know it's a long little hibernation period for the program, but welcome back. We're weekly. We're ready to go. AFC this week, NFC next week, NFL preview. We'll do our uh, awards breakdown, Super Bowl pick, break down the Thursday night football matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. Then before you know it, we'll be right back at it all the way through the Super Bowl weekly NFL content. With that being said, let's get started right away. Let's take it right to the division, which is arguably the easiest to forecast here. You could make the argument. The division of the defending champion will go bottom to top. Add a little bit of suspense as we go here. Um, I know that they may be a, f a fancy pick, I guess, for some people. The hot pick, the sexy pick. I doubt it, if I'm being frank with you. Because the Denver Broncos brought in Sean Payton, Super Bowl champion head coach Sean Payton. And he made some headlines this offseason talking about Nathaniel Hackett and the like. We take a look at the Denver Broncos roster here. Um... I don't know, man. I'm a Javante Williams fan. Him coming back, right? Could be cool. Will Russell Wilson have a bounce back? I'm on the fence about that one. Uh, nothing special, at least currently at the tight end position that I'm seeing. I mean, they have Albert O out there. Adam Troutman, okay, cool. Uh, someone will burst onto the scene, I'm sure, and take that job. The receiving core, nothing crazy. I'm a I'm a fan of Cortland Sutton. Jerry Judy has talent. It, the offense is not going to be explosive enough to win this division. There's there's little to no chance, unless, you know, burst on the scene sort of player, mid-round pick, you know, things like that. I don't dislike their defense. I think their defense is okay, right? I like PS2 in that secondary. Kareem Jackson over at safety with Justin Simmons. I get it. Um, the linebacking core, all right. Frank Clark. Josie Jewell, Singleton, all right, cool, 
but it, this is a hard division, man, especially because it is kind of top-heavy. You have the defending champs. You have Pat Mahomes, who seems to be at this point in his career a guaranteed at the least one drive away from the AFC Championship game and or the Super Bowl. So I'm going to have to drop Denver in at the four spot here. I don't imagine I'll get a lot of pushback out there from you guys. Even if you're a Denver Broncos fan, if you're realistic, I mean, come on. Let's be honest here. The team's not great. You're bringing in Sean Payton. It's You can't rebuild when you have a veteran QB. And if you, and I, I don't ask you to do this, but if you were around last year or if you want to go back, I talked about the Russell Wilson extension and why I thought it was kind of weird because he was already under contract. And, you know, all right, let's see what he gives us first. They didn't do that. Surely that'll never come back to bite them, right? But uh, here we are, and I've got Denver in last place. Third place? Well, that's going to have to be the Las Vegas Raiders. We know what they're coming to the table with in terms of the receiving core at the top with Devontae Adams, but once you get past Devontae, considering they got rid of Darren Waller, it gets a little bit more dicey. Austin Hooper, decent tight end. Jacoby Myers... Eh. Philip Dorsett, eh. You've got Josh Jacobs, a disgruntled Josh Jacobs. Will he play this season? I don't know. Um, you've got some big names on the defensive side. You've got Marcus Peters coming in. You've got Max Crosby. You've got Chandler Jones, one of the best names in the league, and Divine Diablo, which is a, a tremendous name, if we're being honest. Um, but it's just not enough. And obviously the new QB and Jimmy Garoppolo... No, I, I look. I could be wrong on this one. Maybe I'm too much of a Derek Carr fan, if that even exists. But Jimmy Garoppolo is field manager-ish. I don't think he's going to win you games. He probably won't lose you games. Pro I say probably because it has happened a couple times. Um, <clears throat> that overthrow in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, but in a division with Justin Herbert who I would still consider a rising star. I know it's been a couple years, but give it time. And Patrick Mahomes, who is the best quarterback in the NFL. You need more. You're not going to win divisional games. Is this team much better than Denver? That comes down to if Russell Wilson has a little bit of a resurgence. Because then I could see a Sean Payton offense with Russell Wilson taking over this third spot. And if injuries wreak havoc on the division, who knows what happens. But as we sit right now, I've got the Vegas Raiders in third in the AFC West. Number two. Now, for the record, by the way, coming into last season, this is an embarrassing thought looking back in 2020, but if I'm going to pat myself on the back, I should slap myself on the head when I need to. We went into the AFC prediction episode, and I said, yeah, I don't know. I'm not super high on the Chiefs. I mean, without Tyreek Hill. And then I looked at the roster, and I looked at the schedule, and I was like, eh all right, you know, well, they will be a playoff team. And then we got to the prediction of the playoff episode, which is two weeks later. And I said, man, I don't know. They're growing on me a little bit. Uh, why did I think they wouldn't be a playoff team? And then the season plays out. And obviously, you know, worth noting the NFC episode last year, though, if you go back, the description is Nick tries to, what is it? Tries not to jump on with both feet to the Eagles bandwagon or something. So, hey, almost, right? Horseshoes and hand grenades and all that. Um, I say that to say this, I had the Chargers in first place for my prediction last year. Obviously, that didn't happen. This year, I'm going to have them in second. I like Mike Williams. I like Keenan Allen, getting a little older. 
Uh, I like Gerald Everett. Didn't contribute as much as I thought he would last year, and I don't think he will this year either. Um, this team, obviously, Austin Eckler wants a deal. Is there going to be some stuff, some hokey stuff going on there? I don't know. Herbert, as I said, rising star. On the defensive side, you've got a pretty decent squad here. Um, Asante Samuel Jr., pretty darn good. Derwin James, J.C. Jackson, uh, Bosa and Mack in the pass rush. Pretty darn good team. They need to take that next step. And it's easier said than done. I recognize that. I really do. I thought last year would be that. Then they go out, you know, they get into the playoffs, wild card, all right, fair enough. You get in however you get in, right? You lose 31-30 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, the Jaguars took everyone by surprise, but it shouldn't take them by surprise. They're winning that game 27-7 at halftime. You want to impress people? Bounce back. Bounce back bigly, if you will. Um, Yeah. Second place for the Chargers. Good team. I probably have them in as a wild card. I'm not going to pick the wild cards explicitly here. I'll hold off the two weeks just in case we have some injuries or things like that. But I do have them definitely as a front runner for the wild card, obviously. Uh, And first place in the division has got to be the defending champions. Um, We know what they're working with. Patrick Mahomes, Pacheco, McKinnon, Kadarius Toney, if he's ever on the field. Travis Kelsey, if he's not punching his teammates in practice. A pretty good offensive line. Guys like Sky Moore, Richie James, who was actually a really good contributor for the Giants, so of course he winds up there. Justin Ross is on this team. I heard his name a few years back in college football and, you know, somehow finds his way to one of the most explosive passing offenses in the league, or one of the best passing offenses, if you don't want to use the word explosive, but a guy who kind of fell off the table a little bit, but could contribute here. Um, On the defensive side... Some of the names you're used to seeing are gone. We just mentioned Frank Clark before. Nick Bolton's still there in the linebacking core. Chris Jones on the D-line, though I believe there's a holdout situation. A lot of holdout situations this year, it feels like. Um, Legereus Sneed in the uh, defensive back core. I don't think this defense is going to be great. I have trust in Steve Spagnuolo. He finds ways to pull it off. But either way, this team should be the division winner. Um, and part of that goes down to the trust in Andy Reid, Spagnolo, and Mahomes. Kind of the core. You know, you know, you want to say it's a little generous to put Spags in there in the core. All right, fair enough. Call it Reid, Kelsey, and Mahomes. But if they can stay healthy, they find ways to win ball games, and they're always in it when it matters. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending champions, to win their division. Next, and we were going to kind of format this just to you know, go off topic as I am inclined to do very often. We're going to format this in the usual standout seven manner. So I guess that would be one next would be two, but you know, I mean, we're going through the divisions and then obviously we'll have teams to watch. And then, you know, since we were gone for so long, we were gone from since before the NFL draft, we'll have things to speed run our way through. Uh, just to wrap up news and notes, little takes here that I didn't get to give you all during the summer. Hope you all had a great summer. Uh, by the way, as we push into the fall, into football season. But that's neither here nor there. Let's keep it moving. AFC North time. And this one is weird. I'll be honest with you. 
Last place, I've got the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that doesn't sit right with me. This team overachieved, for my money, last year. Um, I don't think anyone expected them to be great, and they went 9-8. and eight. They're just barely on the outside looking in. I thought Kenny Pickett was all right. I truly did. Allen Robinson going over there. You've got Pickens, who's been pretty good, with Deontay Johnson, who has a case of the dropsies now and again, but that's life. Pat Fryermuth at tight end. He's decent. You have a defense, which is really Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, through and through. T.J. Watt, keep him on the field and let him drive the bus. A D-line that can help stuff it up a little bit. And then Minka Fitzpatrick, who is looking like one of the better mid I think that was a mid-season trade, right? One of the better mid-season trade acquisitions of, sheesh, as long as I can remember, for this Pittsburgh Steelers squad. Essentially tossed away from the Miami Dolphins and all of a sudden returned to be the uh, the DB they thought he would be. The reason I have them down here has less to do with them and more to do with my next take. I have the Cleveland Browns in third because I think Deshaun Watson is going to have a little bit of a return to form. Let me interrupt myself here before we, uh, before we get to that. Talking schedule, I know you guys have probably looked at your favorite team schedule. This is the way it's going to break down this year. Probably should have put this at the top, but you know what? We'll roll through with it. We just did the AFC West. The AFC West is facing the AFC East, the NFC North, and their 17th game will come against an NFC East opponent. The AFC North right now will be facing the AFC South, the NFC West, and their 17th game will come against the NFC North. Keep that in mind as we move through here. So, why do I think Deshaun Watson's going to have a bounce back here? I have, no, I have no reason to think he wouldn't, right? Thrown in through controversy and everything, uh, for obvious reasons. I'm not saying it was uh, not rightfully so. The suspension he served last year was probably shorter than a lot of people think he should have gotten. He came back, he didn't really look very good, didn't seem to gel in the offense, but with a full off season, training camp and such, and the preseason, you're looking at an offense that has... Amari Cooper is their number one wideout. David Njoku at tight end. Nick Chubb in the backfield. No Kareem Hunt this year. This is a pretty decent offense. Is it going to be great? Probably not. But you also got to remember, I mean, Deshaun Watson is a guy who in his last year in Houston, mind you, 2020 Houston Texans, by the way, 4-12 and team. 4-12. and Leading receiver Brandon Cooks, then Will Fuller, then Randall Cobb. His last year there, 4,800 yards, career high, 33 touchdowns, career high, 7 interceptions, career low, to that point. And he was sacked 49 times doing it. Sprinkle in 440 rushing yards, 3 touchdowns. I mean... The guy's uber-talented. Say what you will about him off the field, and like I said, a lot of it is justified. When he's on the football field, he is uber-talented. And we saw that at Clemson, and we saw that in at not even in flashes, in droves, in Houston. You get to the defensive side for the Cleveland Browns. You've still got Miles Garrett there. You've got Zadarius Smith making his way down to Cleveland. Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, Delpit, and Thornhill in the secondary. 
This could be a good team, guys. It really could. The reason I don't have them jumping into the top two in this division is depth at some of the skill positions. With Hunt gone, a little bit more on Nick Chubb, will they be able to get uh, a second back who can pitch in what Kareem Hunt was pitching in? I'm not sure of that, right? Additionally, I mean, it's Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, former Jet, decent wideout, decent player, Donovan Peoples-Jones, decent player. It's not going to sell me on anything crazy, if I'm being honest. Um, but I do like their defense a lot. They might find their way into the wild card hunt. We'll talk about it, as I said, in a couple episodes. But I think this team is going to be better than people expect. Now, people have been saying that about Cleveland Browns teams, present company included, for sheesh, almost the entirety of my life. Um, and they're never right, or very rarely right. More often than not, it's, wow, this team is worse than I expected. Sorry, Browns fans, that's just the way it is, but it'd be like that sometimes. Second place in this division, I'm going to have to go with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I know they brought in Odell Beckham. Haven't seen Odell on a field in a while. Number two receiver listed as Rashad Bateman. Pretty good, right? We've got some guys who can pitch in in the receiving core. They're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. The Gus Bus and J.K. Dobbins and the like. Melvin Gordon in there as well. Lamar's got his money. Let's hope he can stay healthy. Mark Andrews is there. Um, bringing in Roquan Smith during the middle of the season last year. Huge, I know. Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Williams, and Rocky Sin, and I, I get it. I just don't have... I don't have enough faith in their health that I can put them above Cincinnati right now. And the thing I will say is I will throw a giant asterisk because Joe Burrow's health is everything. I read initially that Joe Burrow will be ready for week one. That is the plan, right? Zach Taylor, I feel good about the progress Joe Burrow is making. That's all you get out of me to Pat McAfee two days ago. Two days ago, he made those remarks. If Joe's not healthy, this whole division is thrown for a loop, right? Because then all of a sudden, Cleveland looks better. Pittsburgh looks more competitive. I'm not a Trevor Simeon believer, truly. I don't think he's awful, awful. But he's not going to be able to run this offense the way Joe Burrow can. Um, moreover, there is a lot of talent on this offense, though. We know that. Joe Mixon mixed in with Higgins, Boyd, and Jamar, right? Irv Smith Jr. coming in at tight end. Defense is still pretty good. You still got Hendrickson and Hubbard on the outside. B.J. Hill, former New York Giant, and D.J. Reader, former Philadelphia Eagle, shoring up the inside. I'm not super sure about their secondary. Luckily for them, they're in a division with, you know, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, where they're not really, you'd think, going to be airing you out crazy. Those games with Cleveland could get spicy, though, depending on if they're throwing a double team over to Mari Cooper. Um, and I know someone's rapidly slamming their hand against the desk about how George Pickens is going to beat him deep or, or something or other. But I'm going to operate under the assumption Joe Burrow is healthy, or at the least Joe Burrow will play the bulk of the season. Call it, call it 14, 15 games, right? Maybe 13 games at the least that I need for this to be accurate. I think Cincinnati has shown that they can hang with anybody in the AFC, 
and I have more faith in them. And here, here's the crazy part. I talked about health for Baltimore. Cincinnati literally has an injured quarterback as we speak, and I have more faith Joe Burrow will play 15 games than Lamar Jackson. Was it Lamar being cautious because he didn't have the contract? Was it just bad luck? There's luck that comes into a lot of these injuries, guys. But I don't know. I'm going Bengals. Then I'm going Baltimore. Obviously, I've got Baltimore in the hunt for the postseason. If I said I've got Cleveland in, then you can see what I think about Baltimore. Because I got Baltimore beating them. AFC North, I'm going Bengals, Ravens, Browns, and Pittsburgh pulling up the rear. Next, we've got the AFC South. The most surprising division last year, if we're being completely honest. We'll leave the AFC East for last because it is quite spicy. Um... Yeah, I mean, last year I had the Colts win in this division. That looked awful. I had the Jaguars coming in third. Didn't think that Trevor Lawrence would be able to take the huge step forward. Well, he did. He took a very huge step forward. And uh, going into this season, well, we'll get there when we get there. Last place, I've got the Houston Texans. Now... I just don't think this team is very good. Do we really need to go into this? It's either the Texans or the Colts, guys. Um, if Jonathan Taylor doesn't play the bulk of the games for the Colts, then the Colts will be in last. If he plays, they'll have more wins than the Texans. That's my take. Rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary in the backfield. Decent backs. I like it. Robert Woods coming in as probably your number one wideout, either him or Nico Collins. I don't like it. John Mechie on this squad. Let's see if we can see him, you know, progress. Mechie missed the season. I believe it was leukemia. Um, obviously, not going to not gonna hold it against him, but let's see how he does coming back in his first real season here, right? Tight end position, Dalton Schultz. Decent player, sure. Brevin Jordan's still around. Let's see if he makes the team. Obviously, these depth charts, by the way, provided by the team's official website. Um... We've got Will Anderson on the defense. Let's see the impact he makes. You know, I'm just not sold on this team. I don't think anyone is. I'm not going to waste your guys' time breaking down the ins and outs of the Houston Texans. I don't think you want to hear it. I don't think I want to do it. Uh, Texans at 3B, let's call it, and the Colts coming into 3A. This is not an indictment of C.J. Stroud. Um, it's more of an endorsement of the bits and pieces the Colts have here. Because last year, I thought this team would be a, a division champion, obviously, as I just said. I still think their O-line is pretty good. They've got Mo Cox, who's, you know, a decent tight end. I like Michael Pittman Jr. a lot. They bring in Isaiah McKenzie. All right, let's see what he can do away from Buffalo. Um, Jonathan Taylor's the huge piece. The athleticism of Anthony Richardson combined with Jonathan Taylor's ability in the running game could be dynamic. It could, if... Things go well, and like I said, if um, Taylor plays this season, or the bulk of this season, which is a big asterisk on a lot of these, it seems to be, in terms of holdouts and injuries and yada yada yada, then I could see them sneaking up on teams, right? Just chewing the clock and grinding games out over and over and over. However, if he doesn't play as much, Richardson's kind of out there with no parachute. It could get bad fast. So, give me the Colts at 3A and the Texans at 3B. So, the interesting part for me 
is do I believe in the addition of DeAndre Hopkins enough to leapfrog the defending division champions, who, oh, by the way, added Calvin Ridley. Um, This is not an indictment of DeAndre Hopkins. I think DeAndre Hopkins has talent, and I think he's still got some left in the tank, right? However, however, I was almost convinced the Titans were going to make a move at QB. I don't know if I debated myself, so to speak, where... I had been duped. Maybe I read one too many articles, listened to one too many videos online. They wind up running it back with Tannehill here. Derrick Henry's still here. Tremendous. Okay. Um, Okonkwo at tight end. Okay. Traylon Burks. All right. Westbrook Akine. Okay. It's it's not enough. I know it's not a high firepower division. Right, I mean, they got Will Levis. He's going to wind up on the field at some point. That will happen, just like I said it would happen last year with Malik Willis. It will happen again. I'm not a you know a rocket surgeon or a psychic. It's just you drafted him. You might as well because I highly doubt the passing offense is going to be dynamic. And considering, as I said, Evan Ingram looked like a completely different guy for the bulk of that season down there in Jacksonville. You mix in Travis Etienne, who's still got that same chemistry with Trevor Lawrence, right? Christian Kirk, they mocked them for how much they paid him. He looked good. Zay Jones looked pretty good. You know, you bring in Calvin Ridley, who was a darn good wideout before the suspension. Could be a good team, guys. Are they going to be a one seed? No. Are they going to win 12 games? I'd lean no, right? We can take a look right now. We were just talking about schedules prior. Let's take a look at the Jaguars' schedule real quick, out of curiosity. They open up against Indy. Let's play the win-loss game here. Be conservative with it. Win against Indy. Loss to Kansas City. Win against Houston. Win against Atlanta. Loss to Buffalo. Win against Indy. I'll go win against New Orleans. Pittsburgh is a toss-up. Let's... Let's give one of those away. They'll win one of those games, New Orleans or Pittsburgh. That's going into week nine, five and three. San Francisco loss. Tennessee, let's say they split, right? They beat Houston again. They lose to Cincinnati. Let's say they win either against Cleveland or against Baltimore. They beat Tampa Bay. They beat Carolina. We're looking at the 10-win scenario. And then obviously the last week would be against Tennessee, but we just said we'll split those. We're looking at 10-8, and eight, which is competitive. It's, it's a good season. I'd be more confident in this team than I would Tennessee, and that's why I've got them going above them. And it's, like I said, it's not a knock on DeAndre Hopkins. I'm a big fan of his. I'm surprised he went to Tennessee. I'd love to have been a fly on the wall during those negotiations, during the phone calls he had with his agent. Because some of the things he discussed about wanting in a new team are not exactly the things he's going to get in Tennessee. Uh, but perhaps the fact that they have Derrick Henry, they figure, well, it'll benefit Derrick if I'm here and there's someone to throw to that they have to worry about, and it'll benefit me if there's someone they have to worry about running the ball. Perhaps. Let's go with that. Next, we are on to the AFC East. I have described it as the spiciest of the four divisions. Least spicy, probably the AFC South. 
We'll be honest. But you know what? It's all about that watch time. Got to keep everyone in here, yeah? I'm just kidding. I, I don't know if that even matters. Uh, anyway, I've got last place in the AFC East, the least interesting of the four, the New England Patriots. You've got Juju Smith-Schuster. Sure. Okay. Devontae Parker. Meh. Hunter Henry. Meh. Mike Kosicki. I'm a fan of that. Zeke Elliott in a backfield with Ty Montgomery and Ramondre Stevenson and J.J. Taylor and eh. Pats fans really seem to sour on Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is still a competent NFL quarterback. I don't think he's going to knock your socks off. See, I mentioned before we talked about Jimmy Garoppolo, field manager, game manager rather, not going to lose you games. I think Mac Jones can lose you games. That's the difference, right? He may not win you too many games, but he could lose you games. That that has been shown to be true. Um, yeah, I just don't think this team is very good. It's a really hard division, and with hesitancy in terms of the confidence in your starting quarterback combined with, I would say, a middle-of-the-pack defense. I don't know if that's generous or harsh. One or the other, I don't think this team is going to be that great. I know Bill Belichick is a coaching genius, but uh, you can hand Emeril Lagasse some barnacles and uh, some expired seasonings. He's not going to be able to make you a souffle. So, what a, what a weird metaphor we went with there. Anyway, third place, has th- this division has several asterisks all over it, by the way. Before we get into it, let's take a look real quick at the quarterback stats for Aaron Rodgers from last season. Relatively down season, I would say, by the way. 3,700 yards, 26 26 touchdowns, excuse me, 12 interceptions, the first time he had double-digit interceptions in over a decade. Right? The mobility didn't look as great. The arm sometimes, in terms of, uh, Accuracy, I would say. There were some weird overthrows he was dealing with. I don't know if he had some injury stuff. You know, I'm not going to take a shot and say he was checked out. He seems like he was trying his best. I'm going to have the Jets at third. And it has less to do with the Jets than it does the Miami Dolphins. Let's start with the Jets because we're going in order from worst to first. This Jets team was pretty good last year. They really were. They bring in Dalvin Cook at running back. They bring in Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. It sounds like a Madden free agency. We had money to blow. We got one of the better running backs in the league. We got one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Our defense was good last year. Let's go win some games. In theory, it's perfect. In practice, I like Garrett Wilson. I think Nicole Hardman's a good role player. Corey Davis is all right. Alan Lazard is all right. Um, I find it interesting that Alan Lazard was, like, one of the best receivers on that Packer team. And Rodgers was constantly, you know, maybe not complaining. Maybe people were complaining for him that his supporting cast wasn't very good. And the first thing he does when he leaves is bring in a member of that supporting cast to be his number two receiver. Spicy. Um, Obviously, the defensive rookie of the year on that defense as well. And Sauce Gardner combined that with... C.J. Mosley, and some of the other guys that are running out there. Let's see what Robert Sala and the coaching staff can do. 
Because this is a pretty competitive football team. This team could be a wild card team. I don't see them winning the division hands down, I would say. Um, but this could be a wild card team. Let's see if being in New York gives Rodgers that little extra oomph. Because if he looks like... And look, come on, I said he had a down year. The guy was 26-12. to 12. You know why he had a down year? The four years before that, he combined to throw 15 interceptions. Oh, by the way, he threw 130-plus touchdowns in those four years. If he looks like the guy from those four years, yeah, this team will probably be better than Miami. Am I saying I'm not thinking that's going to happen? Well, let's talk team number 2A here. Let's go 2A, 2B instead of third place. Let's be generous here. Miami, when Tua Tungavailoa was healthy, was competitive with the Buffalo Bills. Were competitive, I probably should have said. Were competitive. Doesn't matter. We're not here for grammar. We're here for football. You get the point. They were competitive with Buffalo, which means they were a top three to four team in the AFC. Buffalo was competitive with Kansas City. We can do the transitive property. It works in fighting. It works in football as well. I think Tua is pretty darn talented. I think this receiving core is still pretty good. It's a big loss, in my opinion, to lose Mike Gesicki. Is Mike Gesicki Rob Gronkowski? No. Not in the slightest. I mean, we're talking a guy that had 32 grabs for 360 yards, five touchdowns, right? But the year before, 73 grabs, 780 yards, two touchdowns. He's a talented guy, and teams had to compensate for that. Durham Smythe, currently listed as their starting tight end. Sure. Um, the receiving core outside of the tight end position, you still got Jalen Waddell. You still got Tyreek Hill. Some guys that can pitch in in Braxton Berrios and Craig Craft and, and the artist formerly known as Robbie Anderson. I believe this is him. Robbie Chosen now? Yep. Uh, he's pretty darn talented. Buried in there. Didn't go great in uh, his last outing, and now he's out here in Miami, but he's a pretty talented player for my money if they can get down into it. That's a good trio of receivers. Their defense was pretty good. You bring in Bradley Chubb for the pass rush, young linebacker and Jalen Phillips. You've got Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey. I was just thinking, wasn't Jalen Ramsey injured? I believe he was. So you don't have Jalen Ramsey now. Yeah, torn meniscus, that's right. So you've got Jalen Ramsey later in the year, potentially. Um, that's a big blow considering the division if you're facing Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen, obviously. Not to mention interdivision games or interconference games, as I should say, uh, for the Miami Dolphins. But I've got them 2A on the strength of they were every bit as good as Buffalo last year when Tua was healthy. I will put the asterisk. You can call me foolish for saying why would I even say that, considering we all know Tua probably won't be healthy, maybe. We'll find out. I'm going to put faith in him. Why not? If I can put faith in Aaron Rodgers bouncing back, turning back the hands of time, why can't I put faith in Tua bouncing back from a rough stretch of injuries? Give me the Dolphins second place right now, but it, realistically it's going to be separated by like a game or two. They're going to be really close. They may all three make the postseason. I would say that fairly confidently. If I had to look through a division in the AFC where three teams would make it, it's definitely not the AFC South. 
it's likely not the AFC West. It's either the North, if Cleveland's going to make the push, I think they will, or it's this division. If you dig into the nitty-gritty of it, obviously remember, seven playoff teams. That would have to mean, then, we'll do the one one playoff team from the South. There's not that much depth in that division, right? So we've got six spots. Two more division winners. We've got four spots. Well, three more division winners, excuse me. Three spots left. We've got Miami. We've got the Jets. We've got the Chargers. We've got Baltimore. If you want to agree with what I was thinking earlier, maybe you're on Cleveland's train. Okay, we've got Cleveland. Two of these teams can't make it. Would it shock you if the Jets were better than Cleveland? No. I don't think so. Would it shock you if somehow, for the third straight year, Baltimore had injury issues? Would it shock you if Joe Burrow wasn't 100% the whole season and one of those two teams didn't make it? No. So before the Jet fans get all angry at me as a native New Yorker for, you know, putting the Jets in there at 2B or 3, calm down. Now, first place in the AFC East, led by the Madden NFL cover boy, which is, you know, the curse, as we all know. Um, I've got the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Stephon Diggs, still sticking around. There was a weird controversy period in that offseason. I believe he's still with the team. He's still playing. He's doing the thing. Um, We mentioned McKenzie is gone from this team. Gabe Davis, number two, as usual. You look down, you've got some guys who could burst out. I mean, Andy Isabella's got speed. I don't know. Deontay Hardy, Khalil Shakir. Okay. Dawson Knox still there at tight end. Dalton Kincaid. Fair enough. Pretty good offense. Von Miller, hopefully, fingers crossed as a football fan, will bounce back and be healthy this year after the lower body injury from last year. You've still got Tredavious White in that secondary. Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde. I think this team is still darn good. I think the Bills team prior to the Von Miller injury and the Bills team after the Von Miller injury are two completely different squads. Because he added a lot to that pass rush. Not to mention when you have to factor in him for a pass blocking scheme, right? The athleticism he still brings at his age in terms of bending the corner. You might need to double team. You might need to shift things. It opens the door to guys like Ed Oliver, Greg Rousseau. Completely different. With him injured, completely different team. I've got Buffalo winning this division. If I had to, which I don't. Uh, but I will. If I was hard-pressed into giving you a power ranking of the American football conference right now, I will default to the Kansas City Chiefs at one, though I'm not certain they're the best team. They are the defending champs. I will give it to them. See, this is weird. I'll do it. We'll go through with this, but the thing is, with all the the asterisks and the question marks, I wind up feeling like it's almost a waste of time to even have this exercise. But you know what? We're here. We'll do it. I've got Kansas City. Then we're assuming everyone's healthy. Let's use that. How about that? I'll go Kansas City. I'll go Cincinnati because they're right there with them and they've beaten them. I'll go Buffalo number three. I'll go Chargers number four. I'll go Miami number five, Jaguars number six. I might go Jets seven. 
I'm leaning towards Jets 7. And that would be the last spot. Yeah, you know what? Let's do it. And then Baltimore at 8. Then you're into the teams that aren't going to make it. Uh, Cleveland at 9. I don't know. Pittsburgh at 10. Raiders at 11. Patriots at 12. Oh, I didn't even include the Titans, the Colts, the Texans. Whatever. You get the point. That's our prediction for the prediction. We'll finalize those numbers in two weekends here as we get into our season prediction. That'll be the weekend of September the 1st. And we'll do full playoff bracket, full MVP, coach of the year, rookie of the years for offense and defense, yada, yada, yada. Are they ever accurate? Usually no. If they are accurate, will I ever let you forget about it? Never, never, never. Teams in the hunt, teams to watch this year. I've already kind of gone through this, but we'll just sum it back up in case for some reason you're skipping through the podcast when you got somewhere to be. Come on. It's not that long of an episode. We, we've been gone for months. we got to catch up on stuff here, y'all. This is fun. We're talking football again, eh? Um, teams in the hunt, as I just said, would you consider a wild card team a team in the hunt? I just told you who I think are wild card contenders. I think Cleveland is potentially in store for a good year, right? I think barring or depending on injuries, the AFC North could become a total crapshoot. That could be fun. Um, I still think Miami is good. Teams, yeah, I I said who would be this year's Jaguars in my notes. It would be Cleveland. If anyone's going to come out of nowhere, I don't think it's the Raiders. It would shock me if it was the Patriots. It would shock me if it was the Texans. Um, but Cleveland, I could see that. Could see that happen. I throw a handful of dollars at the sports book. You never know. Cleveland to make the playoffs could make you a little bit of dinero. Um, teams that could disappoint this year, like the Broncos. First of all, like, come on. I'm far from a genius here, folks. I had the Broncos in last last year. Like, come on. Y- you know, come on. Come on. Anyway, uh, teams that could disappoint this year. You'd have to say the Jets just because they're getting talked about and they're on hard knocks and they're everywhere. Do I think the Jets are a bad team? No. But you'd have to make the argument. Maybe the Jaguars have a little regression back to the mean here. Certainly possible. Um, No Joe Burrow. Obviously, the Bengals wouldn't even be a disappointment. That'd be bizarre. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I'd have to go with that. Now let's go into our 6-7 and Gone for too long. Um, completely obnoxiously long notes segment, right? So, we didn't discuss the fact that the Washington football team was sold to Magic Johnson's ownership group. Uh, do I have any takes on that? No, I don't really care. Um, good for them. Good for the Washington Commanders fans. Uh, there's a weird petition going around or something of them to change the name back to the old name. Whatever. It won't happen. I don't know why you wasted your signature. I don't know why you care that much, but uh, fair enough. You know what? If you're a fan, it's short for fanatic. You do whatever the heck you want. Um, We talked about the Aaron Rodgers trade being done. We didn't discuss the compensation. Who cares? But Rodgers took a pay cut to free up some cap space for the Jets. Good guy, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. Um, Justin Herbert got a big extension while we were gone. Big money for him. Big money for Andrew Thomas on the New York Giants. Um, Jonathan Taylor reportedly demanded a trade at one point after Jim Ursay's remarks in regards to him wanting a new contract and such. 
We didn't talk NFC, but I'll mention this next week. I'll do it in advance here. Uh, Sam Howell, QB1 for the Washington Commanders. I think that's a good get, or a good uh, move, rather. Not a good get. He was on the team last year. The little bit we saw of him last year towards the tail end of the season, I thought he looked pretty good. It's worth a shot, right? If you're the Commanders and you're in a division where the Eagles just went to the Super Bowl, the Giants seem to be on the way up, and Dallas is still pretty good, you're in a rough spot. If you're not going to make a big move for a QB, they weren't in on the Rodgers stuff, okay, give the kid a chance. Worst case scenario, you're bad, you draft a great prospect, and you move on. Speaking of great prospects for them, by the way, I believe they declined the fifth-year option on Chase Young, which is interesting. He's battled some injuries, but he's a pretty talented player. Let's see if that... It's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. Uh, there's a new flex rule for Thursday Night Football. Again, this is months old. I'm sorry, but here we are. I wanted to weigh in on it. Um, weeks 13 to 17, it must be 28 days in advance and only one away Thursday Night Football game per season per team. Um, okay, cool. I, I like the idea of them flexing Thursday Night Football games. They sat through that Jets... Was it Jets-Dolphins? What was the awful Thursday Night game that it sounded like Al Michaels wanted to get on the bridge really quick and go to bed? I believe it was... Darn. I'm going to have to look through the Jets' 22 schedule here on the fly. But it was an awful... Oh, it was, uh, was it this Jaguars game? December 22nd, 2022. I think it might have been. Because this is pre-the Jaguars becoming a thing here. Yeah. This game was horrible. This game sucked. Uh, let's Let's get good games in primetime, eh? I'm all for it. If the teams are okay with it, if the union for the players is okay with it, it's not going to be a health concern or anything because it is a short week to do Thursday night football. If we're doing it a month in advance, obviously I assume it wouldn't be after a Monday night game, which would be preposterous. Um, Yeah, good on them. Good on them. We got another one here. Devin White had requested a trade from Tampa Bay. I don't believe that one ever went through. Buda Baker had requested a trade. Arizona. Arizona is probably going to be the worst team in the NFL. Completely understand Buda Baker's stance there. Big money to Jalen Hurts. Kudos to him. DeMar Hamlin is back. Obviously, he's already been in action for the Buffalo camp, and I believe he played in the preseason game. Fingers crossed, man. We had this conversation a couple months ago. If you want to listen to the episode we did, go for it. It got, you know, I wouldn't call it like emotional or testy or whatever. It's a one-person show. How would it get testy? But I just... I really think it's probably not in his best interest, but if he wants to play football and he's cleared to play football, best of luck to you, DeMar, and people out there will be rooting for you. Um, Yeah, there was gambling suspensions we didn't even talk about, which was kind of fascinating. You had a a period of time there where every, every day or every couple of days there was a new suspension trickling out for random players like Jamison Williams on the Lions. Okay, sure. Um... Yeah, I mean, I understand where people are coming from in saying, hey, the NFL and a lot of these sports leagues are getting more and more into bed with sports books and things like that. I get it. But at the same time, I mean, the basic rule for your job is to not go gamble. It's it's really not that hard of a rule to follow, especially considering the money that's being made by a lot of these guys. Now, these aren't this isn't Aaron Rodgers doing it. It's not guys on hundred million dollar contracts. But it's more money than the average bear, right? When your buddy who works at a warehouse says he wants to bet 20 bucks and try and win $4 million on a parlay, you root for him because you're like, you know what? This this will change his life. Jamison Williams 
winning a handful of thousand dollars on a parlay is not going to change his life in the slightest. But missing out on a handful of game checks because you didn't have the impulse control, yeah, that might change your life. That might change the way you're perceived in circles across the league. You know, the suits, the executives, the owners, the people who pay the bills, pay your bills. Uh, I don't think they're really going to look at you the same if you keep getting involved in stuff like that. So let's hope these fellas get their stuff together and uh, it's not a big concern. That'll bring us to the end of this year's AFC Prediction Special Episode number 165 of the Necessary Roughness Podcast, presented by Last Word on Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so happy to be back. We're back for Season 7. Season 7, that just sounds ridiculous to say. I mean, I know we're not doing, like, a Joe Rogan, like, 3,000 episodes or anything, but, like, seven years, my goodness. Can't explain to you how happy I am to be here for a seventh consecutive year. I don't know if anyone applied to be the host. I don't think there's a competition, but seven years running as the champion here. I am proud and I'm delighted. We will be back next week, next weekend, excuse me, uh, weekend of August the 25th. We're going to do our NFC preview episode then, as I keep saying over and over, Super Bowl pick the following week and we are back. NFL football is back. I may or may not be excited about it. Because the New York Yankees have been horrible, we don't need to talk about it. I made it the whole episode without talking about it. Let's just forget about it. It didn't happen. It doesn't matter. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Till next time, I'm your host, Nicholas Donatic, signing off.